What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Recorded live. everybody it's the Perry McNeil race hour every Friday 9 a.m. and uh, we're just uh, awaiting Perry McNeil's phone call into the studio sir hang tight and uh, of course uh, our friends are here with us waiting for Perry's phone call Ram trucks hard rock Marlboro, Budweiser, Red Bull, BajaSafari.com, and, of course, the Hollywood Casino, our favorite hangout in Hamul, San Diego. We are live from the Desert Tower Studios this Friday, June 16th, live from the Big Bad Desert, and the McNeil Race Hour, every Friday, 9 a.m. Stay tuned. everybody it's the mcneil race hour and it's friday june 16th and who's on the line with us uh perry mcneil (laughs) how are you sir doing real good excellent hey this uh great bright summer day uh june 16th 2017 thanks very much for calling in uh, we want to welcome folks to call in if you have any questions, concerns, you'd like to add something. But we're going to go way back uh, 
uh, to Perry's beginnings uh, and start off today uh, where uh, Perry, and I don't think we've really talked about it on the show yet, and that is uh, exactly where you're from, how you got there, how you got here, and uh, so let's talk about that. But this is the McNeil Race Hour. Uh, Usually we'll get into uh, talking about an upcoming race, uh, talking about uh, a recent pre-run, and then, of course, to wrap up the show, if you don't mind, Perry, we'll talk about the Perry McNeil 150 on Sunday. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, this, uh, uh, go, ahead. go ahead. Yeah, that's we went through on yesterday, and uh, it's a go. Finally, it's uh, supposed to be last weekend, but they which kind of screwed things up a lot because this weekend is Father's Day. But, um, but yeah, we went through on yesterday, and they, they got the track all set up. Uh, ready to go for Saturday and Sunday. Well, I don't know if, uh, about you, Perry, but my favorite uh, holiday of uh, Father's Day is when Dad gets out of the house and away. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> okay, so this is Monster Mike. We're here with uh, the Baja crew in the Desert Tower Studios. We're in the Big Bad Desert. We're live with uh, King of Baja, Perry McNeil. Perry, when and where were you born? I was actually born in El Paso, Texas, but uh, my family, the rest of my family are all, are all born in, in Chihuahua, Mexico. And uh, with my older, my next sibling, my older brother, um, my mother had a real rough time and, and was supposed not to, told not to have any more kids because it was, it was pretty, had a real romantic experience and, with him. And uh, they both survived, but uh, so... When it came time for me to be born, they took me to El Paso, Texas. So I was uh, my mother, and then I was born born there. But I'm the only American in the family. Literally, it's literally born and in, uh, in, in the United States. But you are a citizen of the Republic of Mexico, are you not? Yes, I am. Uh huh. So, was it a challenge for your family to uh, do the paperwork on getting you the citizenship for Mexico? It probably wasn't, was it? No, because I was uh, raised in Mexico. I was just born in El Paso, Texas. But the right. day after, I was back to Mexico. And, and so I actually have dual citizenship, uh, both because I was, you know, I, uh, when you're in Mexico, you if you're growing up, you, you have to actually serve in the military, and then they give you what they call a cartilla, and what that would even resemble in the United States. But, uh, but I was automatically given a, a Mexican birth certificate and uh and then I served in the military in Mexico, which all they do is, is once a week. They come and uh teach you some some mostly just marching how to march and so on and so forth. At your school in fact, you know, so, so Now I'm that curious. come now that comes in handy, am I right, that when you're doing uh uh business paperwork or uh uh, any other kind of social services uh, paperwork in uh, the Republic of Mexico, a citizenship kind of helps things out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. If you're if you're mingling in Mexico like I have all my life, then uh, for sure I went to the you know, colleges and stuff in the U.S. for many years, and then end up because of my my background and my Spanish and so on and so forth, end up in Mexico. Again, I live here in Lemon Grove, San Diego, California. But I cross the border five, six days a week. Have have done for 40 years. I've been just across the border every day for 
four years, literally five, six days a week. Well, and I was going to say, you don't, you do a lot more than mingle. You do, you do a lot of sledgehammer down there. Yeah, yeah. I've got a big shop where we had like twenty uh, employees year round. That um, at my shop where we do body and fender, I have uh, half a dozen guys that are body and fender work, and then uh, half a dozen that are are um, uh, fabrication, building free runners and race trucks and so on and so forth. And then a couple of mechanics just for doing doing all the mechanical stuff that I needed done at the shop for myself and sometimes for other people. And then the rest are all just fiberglass people that are that are not the fiberglass that uh, that you see most of most of the fiberglass you see when you see fenders and and hood on a or bedsides or something on a all the fenders around town that haven't been painted yet usually usually that's uh, probably my fiberglass. Uh, in Mosha, California, Arizona, and Nevada, but uh, so yeah, there it's we're we're busy six days a week. At my shop. Oh, for we sure. For oh, there's no years. Perry. There's no question about that. Uh, and we'll get in further episodes. We'll we'll talk much more about your business and what your offerings are. But uh, now, did your family intend to give uh, to have you born in uh, El Paso? Uh. Well, they did because of uh, the pre- her previous uh, uh, giving birth to my, my older brother. He uh, there were seven of us in total, total seven uh, siblings. And that um, uh, I think my mother, my mother had a real rough time with my next uh, sibling to me. So we was uh, she actually went to El Paso, Texas to to do, have me delivered just in case there was problems. But, she had no, no problems at all. So, so now tell me, tell me about uh, your your family, the uh, the the familia uh, location in Chihuahua. It's about um, two to three hours south of the border, uh, below Texas, below El Paso, Texas. But uh, three hours, two three hours, depending on how you're driving, what you're driving, obviously, but. Uh, it's just a, a two-hour drive directly from uh, El Paso South, and it's called uh, Nuevo Casa de Grandes, uh, Chihuahua, where I was raised. Have you ever heard of the Zone of Silence in Chihuahua? No, huh? Okay, we'll we'll move on that later on. Now, uh, now, rather than you know giving a you know a complete book of information. What year were you born uh, in uh, El Paso? Um, when Moby Dick was a little minnow. That's, that's <laughs> if that's the way you want to put it, that's fine. I, we don't have to go to the year. It's no problem. No, it was 1949. People wow. Say, you were born in, born in the 40s? No way. <laughs> Last year in the 40s, but people, it's a thing. You can't believe it back to the 40s, but yeah, 1949. Okay. And uh, uh, now, Ed, tell me a little bit about your family in Chihuahua, uh, brothers and sisters, and so forth. Um, they were, they say, they're all born in in Mexico, including my my parents. At least my mother was. My dad, I think, was not. But uh, they met, they met in Mexico. And my dad was a big rancher, had a big ranch, and uh, so was. My my grandparents on my mother's side, 
uh, had some big ranches in Chihuahua and Sonora. And uh, that's how they met, I guess. And then uh, and we settled in, in Nuevo Casa Grandes, Chihuahua, which is a, a, a nice place. And it's uh, gorgeous down there. It's just, it's, uh, when you come into the, what they call the colonies there, it's almost like you're uh, it's in an oasis, just totally different from all the surroundings, totally different from the We do so much farming down there, a lot of farming of, of cotton and, and then... Uh, and all kinds of veg- vegetables, but uh, really big into orchards and apples and peaches and pears and cherries and all that stuff is real big down there. So it's everything just you all of a sudden you come out of the desert and all of a sudden you come out of the corner here, you're, you drop into kind of the, the people that know um, San Ignacio here, the Baja. You're in a but ugly place, you know, all the way down to, down to it, and all of a sudden you, you drop into a little. little uh, uh, oasis there at uh, San Ignacio, and that's some of the colonies there. I thought it's just uh, gorgeous, always super, super green, and and um, they they call them the Mormon colonies um, down there, which uh, uh, whether they gathered back in whatever I don't know what year it was, stuff you know. But uh, so it's uh, it's a, it's an oasis. People go down and just first thing you want to do is think, what does it take to retire and stay here? You know, and, and there are a lot of people. That, End up retiring and living there in the colonies because it's so gorgeous and and uh, it, everything's laid out so well, you know, by the by our forefathers. So it's, it's a gorgeous place to, to live or to raise kids at or whatever you know. Because there's uh, it's, there's actually American schools in Mexico that, uh, that that we attended. So when you graduate, you're automatically you're 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 already pre-qualified to go to college. Both in the U.S. or in Mexico, because you have to take like double the the uh, the itinerary is doubled for you because you have to be when you graduate you have to already have U.S. history and et cetera, et cetera, and English and and all prerequisites for U.S. and for Mexico. So and we have a double double uh, uh, classes on our on our put on our shoulders for to be able to do. Uh, to go to the schools down there in, in, in that in the colonies down there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you uh, uh, you were educated uh, in Chihuahua, uh, and uh, you befriended uh, the Pancho Villa uh, family. Um, how close was their ranch uh, to where the uh, colony is? Uh, right, right in, it's in Chihuahua, right there. Uh, they actually, you know, Pancho Villa. I don't know yet, but he did have, he did have a place he called home. Right. Actually, actually, both sides of the border. He had in, in Columbus, New Mexico. He had a he had a home, and he had a home in, in Chihuahua. But he was he was more on the road. It seemed like more than in any place. But he did have a couple of haciendas around, around. But uh, but his uh, Pancho Villa was uh, uh, his wife's maiden name was Gonzalez, and they ended up. Uh, when Pancho was killed and stuff, they ended up in the colonies right there where we're, we're from. And we ended up being really, really good friends with them, just the best of friends, you know, of our family theirs. And, um, and, uh, so we became friends. And like I said, my dad was, which, uh, was, uh, had a big, big, uh, ranch in Sonora and Chihuahua. And so I actually became a, a guide 
for uh, for Pancho Villa a, a time to get get his his army through the through the uh, the mountains, not knowing because there were no roads back, earlier back in the day. So my dad actually became a guide for Pancho Villa at times to to get from point A to point B. Um, from normally, like from over here from Baja, for example, and they're going to Chihuahua. He was he was there as a guide to get them through the through his ranch and other ranches to get get the uh, um, Villa's army through the through the all the the, the mountain ranges, which is the Sierra Madre Occidental, which is is uh, the biggest mountain range in Mexico, and. Uh, because he was stuck here through there, and he, my my dad had owned some, some so much property that was taken through there at times, you know. But uh, so we got no, that's that's very friends. important because uh, the, the conclusion of what we'll talk about today is kind of a reflection of of how important your family was uh, to the Pancho Villa family. Um, uh, we attended a uh, car show and a truck show yesterday, and. Um, we took one of the McNeil specials up to display the vehicle, and uh, we called it the Pancho Villa Stallion uh, Special, uh, which was a big hit with the uh, the, fan, the fanatics uh, in, in uh, Encinitas yesterday. Uh, we'll be back up there in July, uh, essentially doing the same thing. And if uh, uh, you all want to see this uh, McNeil Special, definitely uh, uh, in July attend the uh, 101 Association uh, car show uh, next July, this coming uh, July, so that you can uh, see this special. Now, uh, Perry, you were uh, outlining how really vital the relationship uh, that your family, your dad, had with uh, uh, the Pancho Villa effort. How did it come about that uh, their family uh, gave you one of their prized possessions, a white stallion? Uh, yeah, on my twelfth birthday, I said we were we were really good friends with the Gonzaleses, and still are to, to this day, you know. But uh, we uh, on my twelfth birthday, they had a they had a, a pony that was uh, not the fact they had already trained it. But he was uh, almost too young to be be trained, but uh, they started training it from the very from the get go. So by the time I got it, I was trained to do all kinds of stuff, but. Uh, uh, as far as bowing and, and dancing sideways and all that stuff. And then it, it was my gift to me on my birthday, my 12th birthday, and uh awesome, awesome uh, um, horse. And I, believe it or not, I, I rode that horse given, you know, the the weather was, was, uh, was good. I rode my, I rode my horse to, the, uh, to school every day for years, you know, and, and I so weird people would, and hang up all their jackets in the hallway, and and you see my jacket with a bridle, you know, and I'd, I'd ride the horse bareback to uh, school every day, to grade school, and then I would um, I would um, uh, we had a field uh, fenced uh, field right there by the by the school, and next next door to it, in fact, we ended up donating that to the school, but uh, I had an alfalfa field, so I just leave my drop my horse off there every morning and. And come back and and uh, it was really cool. He's really he's really high spirited horse, really tough to catch. But all this life had been raised on all kinds of grain, you know, maize and corn and wheat and stuff, you know. So 
they would put it in, in a like a shoebox to feed him. And so I had a, a box of rocks under under the bridge <laughs> there every day. And I just shake that box full of rocks, and that that horse never never learned that it was I was tricking him. And they'd come running to me. I'd sort of bite him out and go home and put the box under the bridge again. And that's how I caught him every day. Otherwise, I'd never catch him. He was really, really high-spirited. A lady uh, hand me down, you know, really, really nice horse. But uh, anyway, so it was, uh, it was pretty cool. And I was, you know, I was, I was real bareback to school, like like the Indians supposedly did way back in the day. For days, if we ever go horseback riding, that's how I ride. I, I, I don't, I don't appear for a bareback with a saddle. That's, that's amazing. I ride all, all the time, you know. That's an amazing story. Uh, what was the stallion's name? In Spanish, it's called Moro. Moro. I'm not really sure what it means, but uh, but we call it, we we just call it Lightning in English. We call him, the name he had when he got it was, was Moro, but we named, we named him Lightning. Gotcha. And uh, how do you spell Moro? M O R O. Oh, Moro. Gotcha. Yeah, and Moro is actually supposed to be. I guess means uh, white with specks. Wow. Uh, horse or because it's, it's uh, not a, not necessarily a Dalmatian type. It's just that's this horse was, was pure white that had you know, a bunch of they had measles or something. You know, not a lot of little little black specks and a really, really good looking horse. Now, did you did you own the horse until he passed? Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. Wow. Um, that's an amazing story, Perry. I mean. Uh, uh, to be given that horse as a that was a reflection of respect um, at 12 years old. Uh, the Gonzalez family associated with uh, the Pancho Villa family. Um, that's truly an amazing gift, and it's an amazing story. Um, was there anything about your relationship with either um, the Gonzalez family or the horse that really stands out in your mind and stays with you as a person? Um, no, other than just we we intermingled a lot. We, I was in from a very young age. I was into uh, motorcycles and so on and so forth. And and uh, and there's one, one of the Gonzalez kids was really, really, really good mechanic. He just had a lot of uh, a lot of gray matter upstairs when it came to doing stuff. And so we we got to be really really close cause, uh, because of motorcycles. And he was always taking like the old Maytag. Uh, um, motors. Uh, you see them at the swap meet, like the three, uh, three, uh, the big three once in a while. The old washing machine, gas-powered uh, motors were just making made an awesome a little motor to put on water on these little motor, on the bikes and make a motorbike out of a normal bike. And uh, so we got into that for years. I mean, I for three or four or five years. I know, until I finally graduated and left left the college, but. We were building those things and trying to get, you know, all kinds of uh, making them better and so on and so forth. And we had, we had the only motorcycles and motorbikes down there, and they, they were well, not the only ones, but at least the ones that were there, home built. And uh, just kept trying to get them better and better and better. And made a, a, a bicycle for two with with two motors on it, and that thing really went fast because it's uh, one motor for one desire. You get two, and that just made so much faster. So we were making. We're making a, a bike for two with two Maytag motors on them, which are little, little V two cylinders, actually the the uh, V cylinders, two two Vs, you know, a V two. And uh, so we got real, you know, like we're already real close families anyway. But that just kind of drew us together that much more to, to be doing stuff like that every day after school. That's what I would 
straight from school, I'd go to the Gonzalez house, and we'd, we were always making, you know, making motorbikes for years, it seemed like, you know. So, you know, every day, you know, your, uh, your life is all about off-road. It's all about uh, traversing the terrain and, and the land. Um, is there a, uh, a connection that you have that you'd like to relate to people that, uh, you know, of your passion? You know, one of the things that you and I talk about once in a while is throttle therapy, where you're going out and uh, uh, you need to put the hammer down uh, and uh, uh, get that, that therapy uh, that you uh, that everybody seeks if you're uh, into motorsports. Is there something about that that uh, came to you from your childhood in Chihuahua? Um, I'm sure it, it helped out a lot because we had uh, we only had one one well for years there were no highways at all in the colonies. But then and then later on we uh, we uh, got one highway that went through the colonies uh, from north to south pretty much. And so I was pretty much born and raised off road. I mean, I went to school every day, drove every day, you know, and I, later in life, until the high school, I, I was able to drive. So I never thought it was, uh, we would actually, uh, where the academy was, was 20 miles from where I lived. So on, uh, and there were no highways up there. So we would actually take the, uh, the, uh, in a truck or whatever, and like 10, 15, 20 of us in the, in the back of trucks and so on and so forth. Both the colonies, and they had a board and room place up there, with, so we'd spend the, uh, most of the week there and then and then drive home on weekends, you know, because it was, you know, to traverse 20 miles of, of uh, ugly terrain it was quite a, a deal. So no, nobody was, you know, it's a, when I first, first started going to school, that's how we did it. Then we built the, uh, build a nice highway uh, to connect the two colonies and uh then we and there was then we bought buses and we were bused back and forth daily you know but anyway just uh we, we went to a uh, baja 500 one time just because we uh, my brother and i ended up in in baja we we ended up uh uh part of kentucky fried chicken ended up buying the franchise totally you know but we had uh we had 18 stores for like 20 years in mexico in, in baja all in Baja, pretty much, and then uh, we had uh, uh, that's where we started was in Baja, and we had, uh, had all these stores. So one day we went to the Baja 500, and that's when the the highway went to Santo Tomas, and that was as far as it as it went at the time. And so we we wanted to see some off road because we actually raced on on the highway down to down to uh, Santo Tomas. So we went all the way down the we want to see some off-road, we want to just see on the highway, so we drove clear down to Santo Tomas and, and up to the hills a little bit and watched the, the tr- cars and trucks come through, and, you know, uh, you think, well, hey, I could go faster than that, and I could do this, and I could do that, and, and, and then uh, these guys that didn't have mechanics on board or were in trouble because they didn't know much about stuff. I thought, hey, I'm a mechanic already. Even at that age, I, was, I felt like it's a decent mechanic. And um, and then uh, I've been off road all my life already. You know, I went deer hunting or, or turkey hunting or, or just going to and from school uh, once a week. It was twenty miles off road, which is uh, it was just like the Baja, like the Baja. Uh, twenty miles of any part of the Baja is what we had to traverse to go to and from school. You know, so anyway, I was kind of born, you know, like. Uh, 
I was uh, interviewed here a while back, and it says um, Mr. Perry McNeil fell out of his cradle into a race car. So, you know, because I, I literally, it's uh, I was doing our party, and it, it, you know, and uh, in our our church, we we get baptized at the uh, age of eight, and my when I asked for for my birthday, I'm at the age of eight, was to be able to drive all 10 or 15, 20 kids to the lakes to, to, for my birthday. And that, that was my, so at age eight, I was already driving a big a big truck, you know, so they clapped that on that my dad used for farming and with a bunch of bales of hay on the back and, and actually drove uh, like 10 miles out to the lake for, my, for the birthday party, you know. So from age eight, I was already uh, driving and, and, uh, and then... And then summertime, I worked on on the farms with driving tractors and stuff all my life. So for me to get in the race car off road was just kind of came automatic, you know. And I, uh, in fact, I was uh, one of my first Baja 500. I was leading the race by uh, like a whole over an hour. And my, my first Baja, Baja 500, Ivan Stewart was in front of me. Oh, probably. Um, I could see his desk. He's like five, five to ten miles in front of me, but uh, his number was one hundred three, and I was one one seventy eight. So I had I, I had him beat, you know. So coming into Ensenada, the sun was right in my eyes, and I came out of the corner, and I could see nothing because the sun was right, right, right in the on the race course exactly at that time of day. And I hung out, hung my tire off a off the cliff, and and. Uh, and there for like two hours trying to get out, so I, I lost the race. You know, I didn't win it. But anyway, just so just I it just came kind of automatic to uh, to get in a race car and, and do well because that's that's what I've been driving all my life was on on dirt. You know, and we still only, only one highway going through our town, and we seldom use that. You know, so it, it's my well, just kind of came on came came you know second second uh, nature to me to to get into the race car and, and do well. Yes, sir. Well, great explanation. Thank you very much for that. Um, this is uh, Monster Mike on Off-Road Live. Uh, we're talking with uh, Perry McNeil on uh, McNeil Race Hour uh, this Friday, June 16th. Of course, uh, all of our friends are here with us, Ram Trucks, Marlboro, Hard Rock, Red Bull, Budweiser, BajaSafari.com, and our favorite hangout in Hamul, San Diego, the Hollywood Casino. Uh, Perry, we can't tell you how much we appreciate uh, the shows that you do with us and the great uh, uh, information and background uh, you share with the uh, race and outdoor off-road fans. Uh, just one last uh, wrap-up. Uh, tell us a little bit about the race course this weekend at the Perry McNeil 150 on Sunday, June 18th, uh, near Rosarito. Um, it's a little race course, 10, 10 miles long, um, and it's uh, 10 laps, one in the morning, one in the afternoon. So it's um, you know, 100 miles in the morning, 100 miles in the afternoon, which actually added up a pretty good race, you know. But um, it's right off the highway, just, just past Baja Malibu in in Baja, and it's uh, on the east side of the highway there, um, halfway between Rosarito and uh, Playas de Tijuana, and uh, you know, twenty twenty minute, twenty five minute jaunt from here from San Diego to the race course, and it's just a short course that they 
they set up here years back and hadn't raced for a long time. And I, I really liked it because I, I own a house right there in Baja Malibu, and it's really cool. We just uh, almost walk out the door and, and get in the race car and go racing, you know, so it's really cool. And I really liked it, and I've, I've been fishing and fishing for it for to get them to do it again. And so he finally made it happen, and he says, you know, and so they uh, so we're actually going to you know, put this in, in honor of legendary Perry McNeil. And uh, so they're going to, uh, and it's supposed to be last weekend, which uh, a lot of people were going to go last weekend. People actually went down to the race last weekend. They didn't get the notification that they had changed the dates because the race didn't come in in time for last weekend. So they they postponed it till this weekend, which is Father's Day, which is not a good day to, to uh, probably have. For some people, like you say, some people it's a good day is when dad's out of the house, you know. Like you were saying a while ago, but uh, so it's uh, it's it's laid out real well. It's a lot of fun, and it's a little short course right there, right by the highway, and a bunch of jumps and accurate, pretty much a motorcycle track. And we're just barely able to maneuver through this motorcycle track on, in our big cars, and then it that's uh, when it leaves and goes goes uh, into the hills for like eight miles and comes back into the the grandstand right there. So it's it's a it's a a good spectator race and, and uh, a lot of action. Where, you know, just, just a whole bunch of motorcycle jumps and stuff that we're trying to figure out. You know, trying to make our our cars maneuver through them. So it's, it makes it it's super exciting. It's so technical, and it's like it's right on the highway. Right there, uh, you know, right up against the fence and uh, on the highway that uh, that's uh, the toll road that goes from Ensenada to to Tijuana uh, to Ensenada. Yeah, let's talk about that. Uh, if someone's traveling south on the uh, toll road in between Tijuana or uh, between Rosarito and Ensenada, um, or wait a minute, it's not even that far. It's before Rosarito. Right, exactly. It's before Rosarito, uh, halfway between the border and Rosarito, more or less. There's a, there's a place called Baja Malibu, uh, and it's right, pretty much right there, right there in front of. The opposite side of Baja Malibu is on the beach side of the, the highway there. And uh, you actually take the Baja Malibu exit to get to the racetrack. And uh, it's, so I say it's right there, the, what they call Baja Malibu, and it's, uh, uh, it's very accessible. I don't know if it's going to charge uh, uh, a fee getting in. I, I doubt that they are, but uh, they haven't, haven't in the past, but they might. But um, so it's, it's like I say, it's, 20 minutes, 25, 30 minutes from from my house here in Lemon Grove to the, and I'm at the racetrack already and racing too much, so it's pretty cool. And it is uh, the official uh, Baja Malibu turnoff. It's it's signed Baja Malibu. Yes, uh-huh, exactly. Okay. If you take yeah, to go there. Well, that's very important. Uh, what time uh, should racers show up if they're interested in participating in the Perry McNeil? 150 this uh Sunday June 18th um the I'm not you know I'm not even what knows the, the schedule is but it's probably the same as motorcycles motorcycles start at 8 in the morning on Saturday and they uh, the quads and and I don't know if they're any side by sides but the, the quads and the motorcycles race on on Saturday at 8 in the morning at 2 o'clock in the afternoon I would suppose that ours would be the same yeah on Sunday the uh, eight o'clock and probably two o'clock on Sunday. So yeah, see. that's what I would. I, that's what I would expect. Also, now, are they planning any kind of uh, uh, after race event, like an award I, ceremony? 
I don't know exactly on that. They were going to have a uh, supposed to have a contingency on Friday uh, last week, and then when they had to postpone the race, uh, they would have it at Papa's and Beer in in Rosarito. But they, they were, it was not uh, able to happen. So and Papa's and Beer's already had something big going this weekend, and couldn't squeeze these guys in this weekend. They already had other other plans for shutting out some other festivity. And um, I had to drive through Rosarito uh, about two weekends ago, and then had to go through from north to from north to south through the main drag. That I could not believe what a, a party place that is on on the weekend. Son of a gun. <laughs> like, like no other place that you'll ever, you'll yeah. ever see. So many the festivities are just crazy in Rosarito. Yeah, Papa's so and beer on the beach in Rosarito. Absolutely, it is party central. Yeah, big, yes, big, sir. Big, big affair, yeah. Yes, sir. But, well, uh, listen, uh, we we salute you, Perry, thank, and we thank you uh, so much for being uh, on the show today, telling us about you know the your origin, uh, the uh, Perry McNeil, uh, uh, the historical uh, you know the story of the Pancho Villa Stallion Lightning uh, or Moro in uh, Spanish that was given to you by the Gonzalez family. Um, and, uh, you know, the, your, your heartfelt uh, story ab- about that uh, wonderful stallion. And, of course, this weekend's uh, racing at uh, Baja Malibu, uh, just uh, head south on the uh, toll road, the tourist toll road, south of Playas de Tijuana, and get off at the uh, Baja Malibu exit. You'll find the race very easily. And, of course, Perry McNeil, the racing team, and all the uh, racing, uh, uh, terrific racing experiences uh, available this weekend on Sunday, Saturday, June 18th. Um, Perry, thanks very much for being on the show. Uh, we look forward to having you on the next show, and best of luck in uh, this weekend's racing. Thank you, Mike, and thanks for the, for the invite, and uh, I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. And again, uh, uh, next month in July, uh, we'll have a couple of dates where you can see this uh, great McNeil special truck. Uh, definitely uh, uh, stay tuned to Off Road Live, and we'll talk all about the upcoming dates, uh, including an opportunity, even possibly this weekend, uh, that we'll talk about uh, later on. Perry, I'll give you a jingle after the show. Sounds good. Appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Have a great day, and as mentioned, good luck in the racing this weekend. Thank you very much. You Thank you. Bye bye. friends, Ram Trucks, Hard Rock, Marlboro, Budweiser, Red Bull, BajaSafari.com, 
and the Hollywood Casino, our favorite hangout in Hamul, San Diego. Thanks very much for tuning in every Friday, 9 a.m. West, here on Off-Road Live. This is your humble host, Monster Mike, from the Baja Crew. We are a Fox Radio Sports affiliate. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.